You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps, retired standing guard on the Wall of Freedom. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, and we're on the final episode, episode three, with Kurt. Kurt O'Keefe, my great friend. So let's continue this great discussion with this awesome patriot of America. Your connection, when when you got connected with Convention of States, and I, I, I'm still puzzled at how in the world that they decided you need to go to this, uh, you know, this simulation of- Because they needed a third person and Eric had a brother, uh, Dave must've heard Mark talk about yep. Yeah, Eric Kerr yeah, has a brother. So, I met him at a dinner four years ago. Yeah. I, and and me, I didn't know that. And, I, and let, me, let me tell you, you're you're very special because you went to that first one. You know, I'm me, just telling me, you. Let me explain something that really answers this. Okay. If you were at the summit. Uh-huh. I was. Did you see 2019? Did you see my brother speak, interviewed by Mark Meckler? You, it's about your brother or Eric yes. O'Keefe? That, they're the same. My brother is Eric O'Keefe, remember? Oh, you didn't know that? Give, give me I... a second. Let, let, me, <laughs> let me walk away here for a second. Uh, Bud is exhibiting the uh, reaction. Yeah, I'm most... just going, holy snikes. I had no freaking clue. You mean all this time when I said, Kurt O'Keefe said my brother Eric, you didn't realize Eric O'Keefe? No, was... no. I love, I, mean, I love that man. Let me say this. Yes, I've met him. I mean, it's just like, wow. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just kind of kind of getting back. You know what I mean? Just well, I don't know. I'm a talking for like two hours and you just connected the dots. One of us is not <laughs> tracking. It's not, yeah. It's probably me. I, I never I'm trying not to empty. He doesn't like his name mentioned. I almost think I'll have to play this for him he to is, see if yeah. out of him too much. But here's the That's, deal. Now, the when we act- get when we get back to the next convention this year, right? You and Eric, I've got to get a picture with both of you together because uh, fine. This we're talking about a a picture of the absolute fight for America between your brother and yourself. Well, now. You know, I don't know how your brother feels as far as you know his religion or, you know, he's a he's came to faith. Different yep, path. Then, he came to faith about yep. three years ago. We're talking, and I said, "This this is how I see it." I had no clue. God, no clue. God is calling me to this, and Eric said, "That's how I see it too." So we've gone from oil and water. Uh, he was way behind, knowing everybody, knowing everything, and I'm out front doing the schmoozing and doing what I do. And we've, I've said we've morphed into each other where I do it because that's my skill set. St. Paul talks about, can the hand sniff and can the nose pick up the stick and the leg, the body has many parts. So we know how that fits in. He's very reluctant to be up front, but when it has to happen, he went, Reed Buckley had a week long seminar, Bill's and James brother and speaking, he became an excellent public speaker. He doesn't like to be in front. He doesn't care about his man. My point is, how does this happen? And your reaction is, our personalities are very different. People meet us and go, you're not, which yes. one's adopted? Which one is adopted? Kurt is this loudmouth up front, and Eric is quiet, <laughs> reserved, and analyzing, and, uh, and very well, detailed. We're similar in the, some ways. but the, we. The best thing that I can explain of what I just heard is it makes my heart so big. It, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, wait a Wait till you hear that, what I mean. That connection is just like, now I get it. Now oh, I now you get it. Ah, well, okay. Spoiler and, alert. This is why, though. Why 
do people say Eric's brother, meaning me? And it, my, the rest of the family is wonderful. Everyone, is, my, we have the best family. The seven siblings are close. Sure. Spectacular. Sure. I had seven, by the way, also, in case you yeah. didn't know. So a lot of it is uh, we're more out in the public for different reasons. For example, on the term limits, as I'm contemplating what to do when we're in front of the board of canvassers on the 100-word ballot summary that the voters see, they don't get to read the petition. So the, the uh, uh, political class, I was ecstatic. All the targets were there, ex-Republican speaker, ex-union guy, uh, the special interests, the Dems and Republicans are all there. I go, oh my God, they're all in one room. This is awesome. What am I going to say? They proposal, uh, I won't go in the weeds, but they said it was to improve term limits, which it doesn't do. It's all dressed up and thrown with transparency. They know term limits are, they, the political class pulls this all over and they try to pair term limits with something. What they're doing is they're doubling, this, this reduction of term limits increases the potential state representative term from six years to 12 and the state Senate term from eight years to 12. So doubling and a 50% increase, they put in their ballot summary, we're reducing it because they put a 12-year overall cap instead of now you could do eight in the Senate and six in the House, it's 14. This is the, what they came up with. I'm pointing to my cerebrum. Sure. And I thought, what, what can I say? Uh, I get to speak and I didn't know till Tuesday, I get to go, okay, that's ended up being a day and a half of my life because, because reasons. What am I going to say? about this. I don't know if you've heard the definition of chutzpah, Yiddish for really kind of over the, yep. over the top gutsy. Yep. It's the Jewish boy who kills his father and mother and yep. throws himself. He, he on told the us about that in a Toastmaster meeting. Yeah. On the mercy of the court as an orphan. Yep. Then I said, never have so few put so much lipstick on such a pig. <laughs> yeah. well, you watched it. I forgot. But that got picked up by the media because of yeah. now, now May 16th, a half a century of experience that I could pop up and do that. I popped up Monday. It's, this is stuff now comes naturally to me and I don't sit back and wait for someone else to do it, which is the difference. We talked about the duty. There's a civic positive duty, affirmative duty, I believe a spiritual obligation to participate in the government. That's so, how we get we have by so people not participating. Yeah. Let me wrap up that, one yeah, more thing. Hang on. Let me, I got to ask you a question. <laughs> it's cool. What's well, your show? So, yep. So, is this how Obi Wan Portnobi got, got named, or has got nothing to do with that? <laughs> nothing. I didn't name him. Okay. It's not my, okay. not my pig. It was an adopted pig. <laughs> my daughter and Aaron always loved animals, and she's got so many. And someone said, I'm moving, and I, can't keep the pig where I move. And it was already named <laughs> nice. Obi-Wan Pork Novi. Well, it's kind of funny how when, you, when you're talking about the word pig and the government and spending, oh. you know, pork spending and all that kind of stuff. So I just had to say that. <laughs> I, I guess you did because you're almost derailing me. I'm up to the, this is the, <laughs> la this is, these multiple things are going on that would take my sure. time. For six years, I've had a student loan solution I won't go into. Okay. And just, Justin Amash liked it. We'll get said, you back. We'll, Hang on. We'll get you I back. I thought you would. I'm back. I thought you would. Uh, crickets, don't hear anything. Talked to a congressman in September of 2017. He said, do you have this in writing? I go, yes, we'll send it to my staff. Crickets. <laughs> six years of people telling me it's a great idea. When I told Mark Meckler at Acton, it must have been October of 2016. He said, that's genius. And I told my family, I remember it because I don't get that a lot. Mm. I don't get a lot of people saying an idea I have is genius. It's frustrating for six years for everybody to say it's a great idea and not get back to you in terms of access, political power, where they can enact it. All these fluky things happen that I get invited because I've known Mackinac Center people for 25 years and they have a center right meeting in Lansing. I don't know what it is. Okay, I'll come. Wow, this is great. It's across from the Capitol. It helps the Convention of States, legislative liaison, legislators show up, interest groups. Oh, there's a national one that Grover Norquist wants. Oh, Grover Norquist, Americans for Tax Reform, sent $50,000 to Tabor in 1996. 
when I was or two thousands, whenever it was. Said, yeah. oh wow, these things, these things are coming back. COVID hits. Now it's remote. Grover's meeting is live in person in Washington D.C. Grover says anybody on the center right can come on. We don't have to buy more donuts and coffee and get a bigger room. It's awesome. It's ten to eleven thirty every Wednesday. It's anchored by a Senate staffer and a House staffer. So people say, you watch Fox News. And I'm like, no, I watched somebody from the Ukraine two weeks ago. I watched someone from Sweden, Chile, 46 states. What's going on with this thing in Mississippi's tax cut? The governor was on today in Mississippi explaining how it went through. Candidates come on. This is just gold. I love this thing. Then it goes back hybrid, and I'm on for six months. and. Uh, then I'm off and I say, Dave at Mackinac, why am I off? He said, when it went hybrid, only the leaders got invited. And I said, but I've been on for six months hybrid. But I know Ben is the Michigan ATR guy. He goes, I'll get you on. He sends me the links. I said, oh my gosh, I love it. I feel like one of the cool kids because it's an invitation, <laughs> invitation only, cannot be filmed, pictured, recorded. And it's AFP and Alec and these groups and heavy hitters. I said, number two, uh, I get this information right hot off what's on the Senate next week. When is this coming up? When is that? What's the House doing? Not filtered by anybody. It's awesome. It's, his format is you get three minutes, three minutes to speak, and it's like so much content zipped through. Wonderful. Well, and number three, I said, I'd like to present sometime. I have this student loan thing. And he says, oh, you can present now. And I'm thinking, this is not COS or a group or U.S. term limit. This is just Kurt O'Keefe's idea. Are they really going to, heavy hitters really going to listen to me? And Ben keeps saying, don't worry, you can get on. Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know, because I'm going in a circle. I'm not getting the direct invite. It says, don't share the link. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. He gets me on for March 30th. I haven't ever been there live. I don't know what the room is like. I, I got an angle on a computer. Uh, what time, all these things are, everything little is going my way. I forgot my phone charger. I text Ben. He goes, I got one in the office. Show up, check the room. I sent a script ahead for Grover to introduce me because I kind of know him. And at 10 o'clock, somebody else sits down. Another loop, right? <laughs> Act, learn, adjust. Yes. Yep. They hand your card when you come in. I'm there to speak on the student loan. I did a script. He doesn't have it. Grover will say, now next we have Bud from Alabama, followed by Kurt from Michigan. So you know, you know we're on deck. This guy's just going, Bud. And he's got the Kurt O'Keefe Convention of States. All right, think on your feet. Uh, legislative for Michigan Convention of States. I'm also executive director of Don't Touch Termits in Michigan, but I'm here for this idea. And then I, how do I establish credibility? I'm looking at Saul Anusis. I know him. He was, he's been a heavy hitter forever. Uh, John Lott's over here, the Second Amendment guy. This is like, Kurt's going, do you, what, in this picture, who does not belong? <laughs> you. I, I have a whole wall. <laughs> yeah, hello. Why would they listen to me? I said, among my half century in politics in uh, 96, I was a spokesperson, whatever, 06, I was a spokesperson for Tabor and ATR supported us. And I was treasurer of the Coup Super PAC. And I look and I go, I fit right in. I'm reading the room. I'm like, ah, okay, run through it. But I don't know if I'm going first or last. When I come in, I go, when does the Senate and House guy come in? He goes, they come in late. I'm like, this is my target. And I'm look, after I talk, they weren't there. Well, whatever. I see the Senate guy. I go, hi, thanks. I've watched you for two years. Wonderful, great card. Sit down. The House guy's on the computer. He's not even there. So everything works great. All these things happen great. And Saturday, I talked to Eric. And he go, how'd it go? Well, everything went great, except it's crickets. No, somebody liked it. Nobody's called me. I didn't see the house guy. So, hey, God's will. I made the play. I had to do it. Eight o'clock Saturday night. Here's an email from Eric. And I read it three times because the house guy's name is Eric. I forgot. I emailed him and said, I'm really sorry. I missed you uh, in person. I've been watching online two years. I wanted to thank you for your work. I did get to meet the Senate guy. And here's a link to the website with my proposal. So Saturday at eight o'clock, he says, let's talk this week. I'm over the moon, bud. Six years yep. I've been trying to get to someone. He must have read it and he must like it. <laughs> Let's talk. This is the happiest day of my life in half a century. I don't, I don't care if it comes out or not. I'm called to go. 
the chosen Dallas Jenkins said, it's not your job to feed the masses, it's your job to bring the loaves and fishes. And I think, okay, it's your job to make the play. It's not, it's in God's hands if it works or not. If term limits gets crushed, that's the way it goes. If they don't pass the discrimination uh, prohibition and disabled, that's the way it goes. If COS doesn't get it, that's the way it goes. But I have to do it. What else am I going to do, as Dr. Coburn said? So now it says, let's talk this week. I go, sure. And then the next day I go, I didn't put my cell phone in. And I'm recalculating the play from a substantive political to a political play. That's what they call it in politics. So the political play is what to do this year for the Republicans with my student loan solution. And I send him some, I, from the 20 slides, I make eight new ones. I run it by my advisor, brother, because he knows. And da, da, da. Then I send it to him. And then Wednesday, I get excited because he emails me during the meeting. I go, okay, he said, send him in a different format. Okay. The week goes by, I haven't heard, whatever. Monday, got to play cool, bud. Yep. I am like, I am like looking every 10 minutes. Did he get back? <laughs> but with my half century of making hundreds and hundreds of mistakes and watching thousands and thousands of mistakes made, in a debate, a man with experience has an advantage over a man with an argument. So I sent an email Monday. Hey, you were going to talk last week. It slipped away from both of us. Well, maybe not. Uh, how's this week look? Um, <laughs> immediate answer. How about Monday or Tuesday? I said, Monday, I'm already booked up. Tuesday morning is good. 9.30 or 10.30? 9.30, perfect. What's today? Wednesday? Mm -hmm. At my time, I'm so full of all these things. I don't know what day it is. 9.30, yes, one yesterday morning, I call him. Paranoid Kirk goes, oh, he's younger. He might want to talk about his own student loans. I don't know. I'm not sure. I talked to the man talked. We talked for an hour oh. of staff time of a party leadership in one of the two houses. I've been waiting six years. After an hour, I said, Eric, I took so much of your time. I, he goes, oh, I enjoyed it. I did. Okay. You did. I, I said, he said, I hope you enjoyed it. I said, Eric, uh, it's a hundred on a scale of a hundred. You guided me to the staff person to write it up in one page. All I've wanted for six years is somebody say, it's a good idea. Let's do it instead of it's a good idea. Crickets. Right. It's a good idea, but we can't do it because, or it's a bad idea because that's what I want. Now, of course, I think it'll work and change the lives of millions of Americans, but hey, it's my idea. What the hell? What am I? No, I think do? it's great. This is this is what liberty is. It's the ability so, of a person, right? Yes. To be able to do what you're talking about, to just not, not have barriers. That you that right? we create a sane yes. person, a normal person, even with this background, says, Why would they listen to me? Exactly. I have no money behind me and I have no votes behind me. I'm not head exactly. of exactly I'm You're not head of the widget manufacturers association that nope. puts six figures in packs every few months, and I don't have uh six million members like the NRA. Those are created self-doubts. But Man's Search for Meaning, one of the great books uh, ever written. You know, what yep. can we and you think? Yeah, I mean, go back to, you know, Benjamin Franklin flying a kite to find out how yep. electric electricity works. This is how you I think know. miracle a coincidence is when uh, God chooses to remain anonymous. So this yes. is where I am now. I'm supposed to be doing five things. I'm supposed to be doing work. The other thing I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs in is uh, the attorney general race that I won't get into. Now, no, where I am fine. now. Where I am now is, bud, because I came in, in six years ago and went back in and paid attention and have somehow the file of all these little things that they come up when I need them. God puts them in. The Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth. You need not worry about what you're going to say. Absolutely. So I meet the candidate six years ago, and he puts his cell phone number on his flyer. I'm a precinct delegate where I was. I moved in January. Now I'm not a precinct delegate. Precinct delegates go to the state, the caucus to elect the state delegates who, who decide the attorney general on April 23rd, basically. It's a little more complicated, it doesn't matter. I thought, well, I don't know if he remembers me or not. I've 
bumped into him. I've seen him. And the politicians always say, ha, yes, I remember you. And you know, like, I know Saul knows, know. <laughs> Saul knows who I am. He doesn't remember my name. I don't care. He calls everybody buddy. So I go in the meeting. Oh, Saul, hey, is there a seating order? No, blah, 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 blah. So I call Tom, I call him up and leave a message. Hey, I need to be a, a precinct delegate. I need to be a state delegate. I need to be a state delegate to go and vote for you. And Tom is texting back, how about this afternoon? I said, this afternoon I have oral surgery pulling an implant out. I'm not going to be talking to anybody. Back and forth. Oh, you want that? I know Michelle. She's the chair in the district you live in. I'll give her a heads up. I said, well, I'm going to see Tuesday. I go to Lansing. I'm going to come an hour and a half and go to the other meeting and see her because I'm in the ninth district and they don't know who I am and I've never been to a meeting. And the convention's in a month. Does this sound familiar? This is deja vu. Yeah. 50 years in. 50 years voting and active in the 14th district, which disappeared and I move. And now uh, who knows me again? Who knows me? The guy running. He knows the chair. Puts in a good word. I walk in with my name tag. She goes, hi, Tom told me you were coming. Who does this happen to? Obviously, this path has been set up by somebody other than Kurt. Tom, I said, I'm texting. Well, if that's it, uh, you don't need to call me till Wednesday. I'll give you a report. Phone rings 11 o'clock Monday. It's Tom. Talks to me for half an hour. We get way oh. into it. So now, who am I with? I'm talking to him, talking to his campaign manager. I'm working the, de the delegate list of who I know. I'm waiting. I've got to write a thing for the student loans. I spent all day in Lansing getting more inside information the last month than I've had. Nice. It's not nice. good. It's good to have it. The information is usually bad. Yeah. I, can, I sit back and go, who is this? This is Kurt, who didn't say, who, oh, they won't listen to me, or and I'm afraid of what might happen. And I made so many mistakes, I don't get embarrassed. I, you know, I tell people, if I'm out of line, tell me to take a flying leap at the moon. Don't, pre don't be nice and pretend and tell me you're going to talk to me about my idea like a guy did Monday night. And I said, well, you don't have a card. Who doesn't have a card who's a, an aide for a guy running for Congress? Yep. I said, look, if it's a bad idea, tell me. Oh, it's a good idea. I said, here's my card. Just connect with me tomorrow. That was yesterday. Guess what? It didn't happen. Where is Kurt today? Kurt told his sister Saturday, I'm in heaven. If none of these work out, my mood is not dependent on that. I can control my attitude, which is gratitude to be alive of all the yes. benefits I had because I found out I had an enlarged liver one year and eight months after my last drink. But that is a fast track to terminal. Absolutely. And I should have died. I, I want, I, I've been in your shoes. I had pneumonia twice before I was one year old. Yep. Doctor said he wouldn't live tomorrow. I got other stories, but here's but the thing. We're on, but we're, this is all gravy. Kurt, Kurt, you are here because God is working through you. I have no doubt of that. It's, 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 there is no, no explanation. When you talk about, you know, and I'm telling you, I've, I should have been dead. I had a full pulmonary blood clots all through my lungs and my heart. And the doctor said, why are you here? I says, because my leg, which I got a DVT, was swollen. And she goes, you're not even supposed to be here because all these blood clots went through your heart. Oh, meaning you're supposed to have died at home. Sometimes. I should I should have died from the pulmonary embolism of all the blood clots in my lungs. And she goes, and you're not even breathing hard. I'm like, nope, not having a problem. By the way, I was a minister at the time, but not saying. The point I'm making is, is he is not done with me and he is definitely not done with you. And I tell my mother was 91. I don't know why I'm still here. And her arthritis, she can't walk. Her brain is all there. I told you yep. stories that prove but it. You, you know why you're still here. And I said, God's not done with you yet. He's not nope. done with the gunny yet. He's not done with Kurt. So in the morning, I look at this stuff evolves. What do I start my morning with? Attitude. What a blessing from another friend of ours, Tim Dunn, whose podcast influenced me. Oh, was influenced him. me. Yep. Action. What are my actions going to be today? My actions are going to be in conformance with God's will as I perceive it. I have trouble with that. I don't tell other people what God wants them to do in their life. I got to figure my own out. Who to trust? The only one I can trust is, is God, Jesus. Everybody else is going to let me down. And if you pick me to trust, sooner or later, I'll let you down. I'm going to Absolutely. tell people they're, 
there's a bunch of things I run through to center my brain. It takes me an hour a day just not to go postal. <laughs> I have to center I, this. I understand that the world crazy, is so crazy. Neurodivergent lawyer mind of mine wakes up on what a friend of mine said, I go to bed a Christian, I wake up a pagan. <laughs> oh, God. I don't have to I think. I don't know about that one, but. <laughs> I don't have to think about what makes Kurt comfortable. It's in there automatically. It my is. spiritual life is second nature. It's second nature to me. You know what my primary nature is? Self will run riot. Why didn't uh, why didn't all these good things happen to me? And Victor Frankel says the question is, man, what pity, can I do? You're you're just a pity guy. Just pity me, pity me. Uh, Self pity. I can do. I can go into all those things really deeply. So here's what I exactly. look at. I'll finish up. I'm going to finish, and it's not even Thursday. I'm going to finish up. <laughs> not yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to finish up with two stories. Yes, sir. On on what I now look at. And not the whole list of, uh, of other things to recenter myself and focus on what can I do for others? I say a prayer, please keep me sober today so that I may have, be of service to you and others. And then when things Amen. come my way, instead of going, you're bothering me, I got to finish this paper, I got to file it. I prayed to be of service to others. My abilities and capacities are here to serve God and others. They're not here to make me happy. You know what I found out after a life of trying to do everything I wanted to do? Not, excuse me. I did everything I wanted to do all the time. I was self-employed, nice house in the suburbs, beautiful wife and a new baby girl. And I wanted to blow my brains out. And I called the hotline and they said, you got to think about other people. I go, why would I do that? Exactly. exactly. And you know what I found? You know what my experience is that you can't argue with? When I am doing something for somebody else anonymously, I go, wow, that's better than the best scotch I ever drank. That I'm, I'm not surprised anymore. I know how it feels. And I keep having these other reawakenings. I'm glad my mother is getting more insight to her life. She goes, I didn't realize how I was a princess and spoiled by my dad and this. I thought that's inspiring to me. If you can learn more about yourself to be useful. Here's two other things I'm gonna tell you about. What would Joe do? Joe's a friend of mine that had myeloma, the bone cancer. Mm. Brother was a donor for the bone marrow transplant. Whatever cancer it was, maybe I gave the wrong name. Bone marrow, but his brother's disabled. He had to get an ex-friend because he couldn't consent. Right. He couldn't, he couldn't hold still to get enough cells. So I know whatever it was, they got 60,000. They wanted 140,000, but he was wiggling and that's all they could get. Joe died a very, very, very slow, debilitating death over maybe 20 months. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to choke up. Joe never complained. I would visit. I would think I have a bad week. I'm going to go see Joe. That'll cheer me up. Always glad. Always, for some reason, God put me in his life where, uh, where he was telling me a story. And he says, I wouldn't. He says, there's only you and Bob are the only people, other people I tell that to. And I'm thinking, I'm not his closest friend. I'm not his best friend. But you know what I am? I'm not an egomaniac. I'm here to serve. Yeah. I never went to funerals. I avoided sick people. I'm being uncomfortable. Sure. What am I going to say? Yep. Now, now I hear it and I go right away. What are you going to say? I don't know, but I'm because I have the ability to do this, then I to must comfort, comfort others to be part I'm of going others' there for, lives. Exactly. I'm going there for, I'm visiting him whenever I can. And he was in a rehab and it's, he's got the social security and where are they going and insurance and slowly and at this point his teeth are gone his yep his hair is half gone he's and he can it's walk. terrible to watch somebody die a long and he long and day. i'm sitting there and they bring out a hamburger for his lunch we're out in like the lounge area <laughs> and he says i can't eat a hamburger that's not i don't have any teeth this is like good kurt is seething he is boiling he wants to follow that in there and the cook and thrash him within an inch of his life of how can you do that to this person? And I'm getting more wound up inside. And the person that brought the burger turns around and Joe goes, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to complain like that. What? <laughs> this didn't even happen to me. I know. I'm picking up his resentment. I I'm ready to lock and load. Sure. And so I put what would that's a natural do? reaction. You know that's so a natural would, reaction. What would Joe, what would Joe do? Why am I holding it up? It's a podcast. Question mark to remind me to remind me of what I told you. You think you're having a bad day? 
Yep. What would Joe do? Now, you think you're having a good day? Among the other things that fall my way, I'm friends with John Falk, the legendary equipment manager that Bo brought in in 1974. And I've known John since the 70s or 80s, 80s, whatever, however many decades through U of M club and stuff. Big John, bigger than I am still. Fantastic individual. He stayed through Bo and then Moeller and Lloyd Carr and the only one Rodriguez. And he tells a story. I said to Rich Rod, I can offer you 100% loyalty and anything you tell me in complete confidence. Now, Bud and I have been around the block a few times. There's a really small amount of people that can do that. That's a valuable yeah. asset. And Rich Rod it said, and he's back now. He's still working for university. And that's how he is. He, it's awesome. the John Falk equipment manager thing. It's an endowed thing. The big house, 114,000 people. John's on the field before the game. We're having a ceremony. Everybody's there. It's like five minutes to kick off. Here's on the video board. Who? Who is the goat? (laughs) Who is the man that after his fourth or fifth Super Bowl? No way. In the the celebration, they said, (laughs) which is your favorite Super Bowl ring? And he said, as John Fox said, who had 18 Big Ten championship rings, the next one. You can find the video. Yeah. Here is Tom Brady on the scoreboard. Just That's as what I was saying. Tom Brady. Yep. Up there talking for three minutes about how great John Falk is. Ain't that something? So I'm going to see John in a month, and I have to figure out something <laughs> snarky to say. And I know John's a modest guy. So I'm at the football bust with tickets, and John and his wife share. And I'm like, this is it. This is my, I came up with this in like 10 minutes and it's perfect. I said, uh, Sherry, since the big ceremony with Tom Brady, I said, did you have to get John like hats with like a bigger size? <laughs> bigger head. <laughs> and John shakes his head and smiles and says, you know, Kurt, it's just another day. It's just another day. <laughs> yep. Are you kidding me? I know. Just... 115,000 people are cheering. The Do goat, think... is, the yep, goat he... is complimenting me for three minutes. So this yep. is, okay. You think you're hot manure? Look what John goes. It's just another day. And he's right. And he's probably, he's, probably, he's probably a servant leader like you are. He absolutely is. You think you're having a bad day? What would Joe do? Joe doesn't complain when they bring him a hamburger when his teeth fell out. He didn't do anything wrong. No, nope. wasn't cancer from smoking or drinking. Absolutely, he didn't do anything wrong. So the two extremes are, yeah, Kurt, Kurt, don't get feel sorry for yourself. Don't get here. I filled my room. I designed my own living space. Now I have pictures of Christ, the Bible, God, crosses, or I have pictures of people that other bad things happen to to remind me to be grateful, or my Absolutely. kids. My kids is by far the best part of my life. I mean, uh, you know, it's just fantastic. And I have a great relationship. They're helping me, yeah. they're helping me with neurodivergent. And Janelle's helping me with uh, noticing my yeah. asthma, breathing stuff. And I may, I never thought, I thought if they talk to me, that's good. They're, as adults, they're resources in my life helping me. They're happy to help me. When Erin got engaged, she didn't call her mother. She called me. Yep. Is, um, is it possible for people to walk similar paths in, in our lives? Well, of course, it happens all the time. What do you mean? Is it possible? You, You've you seen and it I, No, I'm just <laughs> saying you and I have walked some similar paths. And we'll get together. We'll talk about this offline, you know, not on the podcast. And I'm amazed. I'm, I'm amazed at the knowledge and your life and what you've done. I'm, I'm absolutely appreciative. I, of your I'm time. amazed. I'm amazed. And it's, I've said to her, it's not knowing how wonderful your life is and how many, ble- it's just, it's not that your life is wonderful and you're blessed. It's that, you know, you're blessed. Yes. You know that you, I should be dead. My kids would say, it's not fair. She got this. And I go, it's not fair. You weren't born in Bosnia because they didn't know what Bosnia was. And then they didn't know that shut them up. It's not fair. No, it's not fair that you, that I was born with some, issues that was born in a wonderful house 
I, yeah. I, I felt sorry for myself because I had to share a room with a brother. We rotated. There was two girls were in the <laughs> same room and the five boys would be three and two and ro rotate around and never had to worry about clothes on my back or a heated house Absolutely. or drinkable water. Look at the entire history of the world. Do you know, bud, figure it out. You and I are not wealthy people. Nope. As far as I know. Not as not what the world would say. Yes, uh, right. But we but have. I am. I am absolutely the richest person on the face of the planet. Even and you know what I'm talking about. Not even. About. Let's go. I'm just saying the material scorecard is right. The average American is wealthier than ninety percent of the people in the history of the world who have ever lived. Oh, absolutely. Why? Why was I born here? I could have been born in Bosnia or Haiti. I spent six months in Somalia, and I'll tell you, that's a whole nother story, a whole nother podcast. I haven't been there, but it's... I'll, it's I'll tell you all about it. It's absolutely... Uh, I you cried. Know, I was a Marine there in Somalia, and I cried all the time. Do you not, know? Not because I'm a Marine. I cried for them, for these people and how they live. So we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back with Kurt O'Keefe on the Patriot Cause. In Dublin's fair city, where the girls are so pretty, I first set my eyes on sweet Molly Malone. As she Through streets broad and narrow Crying cockles and mussels Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh Crying cockles and mussels Alive, alive, oh She was a fish and sure, twas no wonder, for so were her father and mother before. And they both wheeled their barrows through streets broad and narrow, crying cockles and mussels alive, alive. Cockles and muscles, alive, alive, oh. She died of a fever, and no one could save her. And that was the end of sweet Molly Malone. And her ghost wheels her barrow through streets broad and narrow. Crying cockles and mussels alive, alive, oh, alive, alive, oh, alive, alive, oh, crying cockles and mussels alive, alive, oh, alive, alive, oh, alive, alive, oh. Patriots, you're on the Patriot Cause. This is the last segment of Kurt O'Keefe, great friend, great Irish buddy. That's why you hear these Irish songs. It's Irish in me, and that Irish is the full-blown freedom of the world. And this man has presented to us how things are, how do you get involved in politics, and how we need to step up our game to make sure that we're a republic and not a democracy in the United States. Let's continue with Kurt O'Keefe. So yep. don't tell me everything's gone and civilization is over. No, no. There's God hope. Knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. There's hope. I can draw the historical lines that look like a decline of an empire, but yep. it, and it may happen, but Bud and I, We'll have a soft pillow. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Because we'll Steve, have a clean passion. Yep. That everything that we felt called to do, we did. Over and out. This, yep, absolutely. Let me tell you, this is how I describe it. I have zero, zero fear. I don't fear anything. None. Am I worried about things? Of course I am. Am I involved in trying to change things? Of course I am. But I have zero fear. But the thing about what, what I, my experience here summation is, it's such a sharp contrast for me because of the time and it's six years right. and it's years and where was I headed? And now I'm looking at down the other end of the telescope of where I was and where I sure. been. Is that when I was in there, how am I going to be a national delegate? How am I, gonna, I mean, the tension and the energy that goes into that because I'm invested in the result. I'm not invested in the process. And I said earlier, I'm 100% invested in the process. This is what I'm doing. I believe that we'll get the convention of states. If we don't, I do too. If we don't, I'm not afraid. That's right. I, I don't think I if, if we don't, Christ is coming. That's, that's how I look I, at it because the world I, is over when America's done. The I mean, contrast between where I am when I go into our capital Lansing. And when I go to the conventions and I go to the caucuses, yep. I am there. The combination that God has given me and the position he put me in is, frankly, I'm more skilled. Than, when I left Cleveland, I called Eric after the convention. Now I'm on the bottom because I don't have the, the COS Williamsburg invitation yet. I said, Eric, if you're not an idiot and you do what you say you're going to do, you're in the 90th percentile in this business. Hmm. It's just the same as when I left. Yeah. He laughed and he said, if you're not an idiot and you do what you say you're going to do and you're not in it for yourself, you're in the 98th percentile. That's Where else can you enter? I'm telling you, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, what difference does it make? What can I do? Or one more person, or I have to pick up the laundry at the cleaners or do this or that guy have one employer that employer is god uh i don't worry about i don't worry do i have enough money i don't know i don't know what's happening i'm a bankruptcy lawyer so if the economy crashes my business will go up that's yep. kind of a silver lining in a big cloud well the the bottom I'm line comfortable. is i'm comfortable where i am absolutely and everybody in the every, almost everybody in the political world who isn't with us cos as an agenda and they want the power and they're yep. playing the games in their head and it's game on the tables now and they're doing this let's do this let's throw petitions let's have a voice vote let's move it over here let's change the date let's go to the caucus monday and give name tags blue delegates blue tags to the delegates who can vote in green to the debt the, the guests well then we mix them up we can't vote by holding up a blue card we don't know where now we got to throw these people out that's why it takes three hours that's Power from top down, not that's from bottom, bottom up. That's, that's incompetence. That's people yep. who can't connect dots. Most people, as you know, don't know how to run a meeting. One of my pet peeves, but that's the <laughs> way it is. And I go in and it's like, it's just the reality. When I was there Monday at the caucus, this guy gets, the chair gets the mic. And instead of following the statutory required state rules on agenda and what's up, he says, five minutes in, I've got the mic. I'm going to say what I want. You know, the Convention of States is the worst idea for America. And it's doing this. And instead of sitting there wondering, should I say, is somebody going to say something? I stood up and said, I, I know Robert, so I stood up and said, point of order. You're out of order. You have to follow the agenda. If you're going to talk about against Convention of States, you should get of equal time. I have the microphone. If you want to stay, I'll keep everybody here. Too. And he goes on a rant. This gives the people time who had organized a, a play that I didn't know about. Yeah. Them time to think. Now, why does Kurt jump up and do this? Because he has a half a century of experience and he's not afraid. If everybody throws tomatoes at me, I go, I've had worse things happen. <laughs> I'll live. Throw it. Well, you're not, you're not cut and bleeding, right? So you think. You think I'm a butthead and a loudmouth? Take a number. People have been telling me that my whole life. Yep. I said COVID was easy for me, bud. 
People have been asking me to wear a mask and stand six feet away as long as I can remember. It wasn't a big thing. So what happened is, here's the play. These guys get up and talk about something else. He never talked about convention estates again. He didn't stop for 40 more minutes. I did what I, I said, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench and throw his brain off and distract them. So I accomplished the goal. I'm telling you, bud, that God put that thought in my head in less than two and a half seconds. That whole. Oh, yeah, thought, absolutely. That's how that's what. And I. Yep. You're in the right I, place at the right time. And it's not a coincidence. So. Amen, Kurt, brother. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I've, I think I've we did three so shows. I don't know. I think I did two shows and you did half. Yep. Anyway. No. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been a great pleasure that that you're here with me. And look. You're not going away. You're a gem of knowledge, of experience with not only this electoral, going through this process of electing people, but you're also a, a great friend and a great patriot of Convention of States. And I'm so glad you're on our side. And, I, you know, the biggest surprise I got tonight was I didn't know you were... Eric, you talk about Eric O'Keefe, and I'm like, I, you know, I know who he is, and then all of a sudden, and uh, now, every, now I'm, I got two of them. Now I got two O'Keefe's. I love uh, it. There's, you there's know? more. I, I almost every meeting from for thirty years, I would some national speaker be there, and I just say, I'm, I'm, I'm Eric O'Keefe's. But you know, Eric O'Keefe, yeah, I'm his. Eric, yeah, he's on our board, or he did this, or he did that, or he's just a that's why I'm there. I made a name tag for the summit. It says Eric O'Keefe's brother. And I stopped. <laughs> I stopped because people would come up and go, are you? And I go, yeah. So it's just faster. Yeah, so you just kind of, yeah, yeah. But what I did is, and I called Eric last week, I said, I'm over my, is this me or Eric inferiority complex? So it's probably good. It says it's good for me. It's good for you. And it's good for the movement. Because yep. once I did this spiel of I crew, now I went back and I go, holy crap, Kurt has a 50 year resume. I don't have to stand up and go, I'm Eric O'Keefe's brother anymore. I didn't, I don't know if I ever have to. It was great. I'm not demoning it. I'm just saying I've realized what you said, which is God put me here as Kurt O'Keefe, not as Eric O'Keefe's brother. Absolutely. And then when I fall on my ass, it's me. It is. What he does. You can't blame it on your brother. You're not 12 no more. Let me circle this. You derailed me with a pig or something. In the beginning, (laughs) The reason that Mark Meckler thought of Kurt O'Keefe is I've seen Eric do this, and he, I know other people have said, well, Eric credits you with this start in politics. And I'm like, uh, that's very nice. I'm 14 years old with my own money when there were magazines in ninth grade. Mr. Mason was a big influence. He liked magazines. I subscribed with my own money to Atlantic, Monthly, Harper's, Saturday Review, The New Yorker, Esquire. My dad read, had U.S. News. I read that. He had Time Magazine earlier and uh, National Review. And Eric picked up National Review and then Human Events also and found an investment book and went on and that helped him. Now, we didn't sit and talk about it. We didn't like discuss it. I asked him a couple of years ago, you, you said, and this is what, when Mark Meckler said, how'd you get in starting politics? And I thought he's going to give me a shout out because he usually does. And I, I'm up in the front. I used to be up there to the bankruptcy judges would think I was interested in what they had to say at the seminars and they would know I was there. So don't play it for a bankruptcy judge. Now it, my hearing helps and I'm up in front. And I thought he's going to do it. And I hate when they go, I think my parents are here and they're all shy. And then the audience forgets and they look around for three minutes and they forget what's going on. So I'm like, we'll get this over quick. And I'm reaching for my hat. And he says, my brother, I, I think he's here. And he's looking around. He says, he usually has a white hat. And I pull up the white hat and I just wave and sit down. Okay. So he, the reason Mark Mucker thought is someday people say, how'd you get to start in politics? And Eric, this is, I know he's been doing it for years. Well, that's because of my brother, Kurt. And I just, okay, I thank you. But it's not like we sat and pondered this and discussed it till 10 years later. Sure. But look, I'm not going to argue with him but I'm not responsible for any of his success. And he, no. he credits me. I will graciously accept it in his presence or when other people say it. But I said to Mark Meckler, after he did that, I said, 
If I start believing that, I'm in trouble. Now I'm in the, look how great Kurt is. But that's the reason Mark, Dave knew is some, at some point, Yeah. Say, how did you, how did you get, I say radicalized, how'd you get started? You had a story, Mark Meckler got rad, had a wonderful job, lawyer, wonderful family we know. And he said, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And that was Absolutely. in uh, 2008 or nine, and he's been at it ever since. Yep. It happened to me simultaneously. I knew in the 60s that Social Security was a Ponzi scheme. My dad explained it. He was a CPA, then an accountant. I never thought, I'm living on it now. I never thought of every check that doesn't bounce, I'm grateful. I knew what it was. And I knew <laughs> I had this whole individual freedom and capitalism and don't tell me yeah, what to but do. You, you, I mean, you're talking about Social Security check. You could have got a lot more if we were trained to invest money. Well, they won't let us invest it. They took it and they spent it. All right. I, I, I said over and out. Let me tell your audience okay. that we started at 4.15 and I told Bud I had a hard stop at 5 and it's now 7.18. <laughs> it never ends. And That is my fault. That's all right, brother. No problem. I'm, I'm collecting, I'm collecting great, great stuff from you and, and, and doing it. So really, uh, I, I really do appreciate you. And I, I'm so thankful that we're, that we're actually part of the same team, which I think is great. It's, it's wonderful. Not an accident. It's not an accident, but no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kurt and I always, you know, bash each other back and forth with our oh, postmaster meetings or whatever but it's always in great heart and understanding and and he is he's such a wonderful person to be part of <laughs> and i i'm glad i'm really really i am thankful to be in your life and i'm thankful that you're in my life i got and, you brother yep and you know what this is just the beginning we'll get back together we'll talk about other things because I know you I got told, a whole bunch of stuff that you can I told talk about, Eric so. in December, I feel like my whole life is in front of me. And I do. It is. It is. I feel that all of it's coming together. Things that I thought, and I, I told you, I had big ideas. Not like I didn't have big dreams. More <laughs> is coming. I have, I have six confidential informants on the government in Michigan from yeah. all levels. Yesterday, one of them called me and says, what have you heard? I've gone from having like really none to six. Now my informants are asking me what I know. Yep. How does the that thing happen? about it is, the thing about it is happen? now, yep. Now that you're on the Patriot cause, right? You're talking about thousands of people out there are going to listen to Kurt, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Uh, yes. And you're going to influence them. You're doing the servant leadership like I do all the time to go out to reach people with uh, the truth. And it's very difficult, especially in the public world that we live in and all this stuff that's coming on through our minds, through our eyes to absolutely absorb what the truth is. I, I talked to a friend uh, Sunday night. I said, you know, I've gone through this, this story of the uh, 2016 convention and the rules. I said, I don't know. Is this, he said, who cares? Rules, you know, Trump cut corners, Trump cheats, you know, mm -hmm. same, same, uh, same Trump, different day. And I thought, well, that's true. And it's just so far in the weeds and so difficult to explain. And much, much, much of politics is like that. Absolutely which is, it is. Which is why with the 15 second attention span and then the whole talking past each other, self-selecting, we only talk to people we agree with, which makes all of us more extreme in a position than the most extreme person to begin with. And then you say, if, if you're a mask, wear a mask, I know all about you. If you don't wear a mask, I know all about you. Well, that isn't true. Nope. People are arguing with, straw men that were created by each side yep each side loved to scare on it they want to keep the gun thing going the nra then we had the second amendment foundation that said the nra wasn't extreme enough and then we have the national association of gun rights which somehow is, which is against because they'd send an email for zero cost scare everybody 
they're coming for your guns. And the left yeah. says they're coming to shoot your children. Send 10, 25, $25. They raise a bunch of money. A lot of them keep most of it. And they want to fan the flames. Neither one of them, most of the people on each side, neither they don't want it resolved. They don't want to win because that stops right. the money flow. So the game yeah, on the table does. is not the game that's being played. No, the thing about it is this, and this is the one thing that I've learned over the years of my short years of understanding of voting for someone. You got to know who that person is. In other words, if if you don't have the ability to meet them, go to some conference or whatever, I, I get it. And a lot of Americans don't have that ability. But guess what you have? You have the internet, you have the news, you have all that all that sources that come in. So you can discern and decipher uh, who that person is. Let me and just then, say and then, and then what you need to do is get as much as possible, if you can, get on a phone call. If it's possible to get on a phone call with that person. So you are actually communicating directly, which I do often with the people that are running my sheriff, my district attorney, the guy, this couple of people that are running for the, the Senate candidate in Alabama. I've talked to them on the phone. Uh, Bud, let me just say, there's a very, very sharp divide because uh, I've been to Washington with the bankruptcy lawyers five years in a row, lobby day, go live. What you find is that if uh, Peters is a senator, his first year he talked to us. He was the only Democrat, new Democrat in his class that year. Uh, Tim Wahlberg's a congressman here, and he talked to us individually. And then they go, I don't have to talk to these people. I have the staff talk to them. So Washington's totally different. You're talking about. Yep. Well, I'm talking phenomenon. about the local, state. I know. Hang on. Let me finish. So in Washington, it's tough. Local's not. It's not difficult. They'll talk to you. You can make an appointment and meet them. Most of them have town halls. Don't tell yourself, I can't even talk to them. You can, they want sure. to, what they, what they understand is for every motivated pe person they talk to, there's 10 or 50 who have the same view, who don't have time or can't get in or won't come in. Right. More you go and you get to the relationship stage, it's access followed by influence. So until a year ago, I said, I've got access to a lot, a lot of places, a lot of levels. So far, no perceptible influence. And last year I go, whoa, wait a minute. This worm is yeah. turning. This is a it's culmination of efforts. This is the law of the harvest. Yep. This is consistency and, and an effort that's continuous. Right. Well, you can't, it's something about 10,000. How long you've been doing it? What, 50 years half, now? Half a century, May 16th, <laughs> the first time I voted. I told, I started. It was 12, 12 when I decided I'd be president. Yeah. I figured it out. I, I, thought I, it didn't, I didn't vote until the first time, the first term of Obama. The whole well, time I was in the military, I you never voted. I have to keep pointing out how much older I am and how much younger you are. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to close this up. I appreciate you. I love you, Kurt. If Thank the audience so has 10% as much fun as you and I had, it'll be a success. Oh, they'll love this. This is a great podcast. And you're look, you're going to have to like go to Egypt or something if you want to get away from the podcast, because I'm bringing you back. It's going to be awesome. Thank you very much. Going to Egypt. They have internet in Egypt. I'm not worried. <laughs> you take care, brother. I'm on the phone. Uh, bud, let me just say there's a very, very sharp divide because uh, I've been to Washington uh, with the bankruptcy lawyers five years in a row, lobby day, go live. What you find is that if uh, Peters is a senator, his first year he talked to us. He was the only Democrat, new Democrat in his class that year. Uh, Tim Wahlberg's a congressman here, and he talked to us individually. And then they go, I don't have to talk to these people. I have the staff talk to them. So Washington's totally different. You're talking about. Yep. Well, I'm talking phenomenon. about the local, state. I know. Hang on. Let me finish. So in Washington, it's tough. Local's not. It's not difficult. They'll talk to you. You can make an appointment and meet them. Most of them have town halls. Don't tell yourself, I can't even talk to them. You can, they want sure. to, what they, what they understand is for every motivated pe person they talk to, there's 10 or 50 who have the same view, who don't have time or can't get in or won't come in. Right. More you go and you get to the relationship stage, 
it's access followed by influence. So until a year ago, I said, I've got a access to a lot, a lot of places, a lot of levels. So far, no perceptible influence. And last year I go, whoa, wait a minute. This worm is yeah. turning. This is a culmination of efforts. This is the law of the harvest. Yep. This is consistency and, and an effort that's continuous. Right. Well, you can't, it's something about 10,000. How long you've been doing it? What, 50 years half, now? <laughs> half a century, May 16th. It's the first time I voted. I told, I started, it was 12, 12 when I decided I'd be president. Yeah. I figured it out. I, I thought I, I didn't, was, I didn't vote until the first time, the first term of Obama. The whole well, time I was in the military, I you never voted. have to keep pointing out how much older I am and how much younger you are. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to close this up. I appreciate you. I love you, Kurt. If Thank the audience so has 10% as much fun as you and I had, it'll be a success. Oh, they'll love this. This is a great <laughs> podcast. And you're look, you're going to have to like go to Egypt or something if you want to get away from the podcast, because I'm bringing you back. It's going to be awesome. Thank you very much. Actually, they have internet in Egypt. <laughs> Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty bell. Let's make a Ford and a Chevy. It'll still last ten years like the show. The best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over.